With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome everybody to the Christian Marauder as we unpack the mystery Babylon the dwelling place of demons, every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hateful bird, as we continue our study on the book of Revelations chapter 17. With that, let's get started right now as we jump into our Bibles. So turn into your Bibles to Revelations chapter 17 verses 1 through 4, where the apostle John saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, and verse 5 identifies and reads from the New King James like this, and on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth. If you notice, folks, there are four things mentioned in this verse. First, it's a mystery. That's the first thing that should catch your eye. Second is Babylon the Great. That should catch your eye. Next is the mother of harlots. That should catch your eye. And number four, and of the abominations are the abominations of the earth. That should catch your eye. Well, folks, let's just jump right in and unpack Mystery Babylon today. Well, the word mystery in the Greek is mysterion. In this context, it refers to a mystery made known only by divine revelation from the Holy Spirit in a manner and a time that's appointed by God. So near the time of the end, it will be unveiled, okay? Are we there yet? How can we be sure if we're coming near the end of, of days here? The mysterion will start becoming unpacked and it will begin to make sense because of what we are experiencing in the world today. So have we got there yet? Well, what's God revealing? Let's look at that right now. Well, the second thing folks will look at is Babylon the Great. Well, Babylon the Great is a demonic city and system that governs, guides, educates, and manipulates the world to, to be good Babylonians. I bet you didn't realize that, folks. This system is governed by the Ephesians 6.12 crowd of principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and a host of wickedness in the second heavenly realm that surround the earth, all ruled by Satan, who all work lockstep together toward a specific goal of the devil, which is total, absolute control of all humanity. Number three, the thing you need to identify is a one of the head principalities called the mother of harlots this refers to one of satan's top ruling principalities here and the abominations of the earth refers to two other harlot principalities who carry out the will of the mother of harlots to bring forth the abominations which means foul detestable things and practices and adultery and every evil work every deed you can imagine into the world so we have mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. The mystery is something that we need to discover, to look into further, and to be able to put all the dots together using the template mentioned by Jesus in Revelations 1.19 by looking into the past, look at the historical flow, and look at the things to come in the future from the other two, how they all kind of intertwine and help point something out very clear so you know that we are approaching the last days or not. So with that, who is the mother of harlots, of the abominations of all foul detestable practices of the earth? Who is the mother of the harlots, folks? To find out who this entity is, we need to look into the past and to the, to the time of the watchers that are seen in Genesis chapter 6. We need to go way back in the past, look at the historical flow so we can understand the mystery in the future, how to recognize it when it comes. What this is, okay, folks? Because one thing that's left out of a lot of studies of the book of Revelations is the spiritual warfare aspect of it. And people are not really paying attention to the principalities and powers that are behind all this, pushing this agenda upon humanity and humanity's reaction to them and God's need for judgment and justice to be carried out to deal with this stuff justly, fairly, and get rid of it once and for all. Hallelujah. 
So we need to look at that. That's what my focus is on this study, is looking at the principalities and powers, as well as staying on track with the standard interpretations of the book of Revelation as well. So with that, Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 and 7 mentions this. Remember, Bible explains Bible. Well, it mentions that there's a war in heaven, a time when the devil drew a third of the angelic host to earth to carry out his, this war on earth against God so that he can rule it all above God, just as Isaiah chapter 14 mentions that he wants to, to exalt his throne above God's. From the time of Adam and Eve to the days of Noah, things went from bad to worse so that God had to take care of the chaos and mayhem caused by the fallen watchers and their Nephilim offspring and their human allies. That's what the book of Genesis chapter 6 is talking about. Though this is not canon of scripture and people get really upset when I go and start quoting other sources, but sometimes you have to use references that are actually quoted in the Bible, like the book of Enoch and book of Jubilees and the book of Jasher, so to speak, so you can put some of the dots together. Not canon of scripture, but just listen for a second here. It helps you understand what's going on and how to identify who the mother of harlots is. For example, the book of Jubilees, chapter 4, verse 15 and chapter 5, verse 5, describe the watchers being sent to earth to teach humanity. But as Revelation chapter 12, 7 mentions, there was a rebellion that happened and a war broke out. If we look at the book of First Enoch, it explains how a pact was made on Mount Hermon to carry out a plan to corrupt humanity, alter humanity, in order to get God to act out of line of his nature and character, to come forth out of his habitation, to punish humanity in some unjust manner. It didn't work. Okay, just keep tracking with me. If you listen to my last week's message, you understand what I'm getting at. Okay, go back and listen to episode 20. From this pact, the Nephilim hybrid, humans came forth, and the whole earth became corrupted, filled with violence, and they did evil continually. And God destroyed the world by a great flood, and he did it justly. He saved only eight souls carry out God's plan of redemption that he had in mind for humanity whom he foresaw would fall. And as Enoch mentions here, God dealt with the rebellious watchers by sending 200 of their top leaders into the deepest hell, just as 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5, I read out the New King James here, alludes to. And I quote, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight souls, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood on the world of the ungodly. Okay, in fact, First Enoch mentions the names of the 20 leading watcher commanders, or that's what I call angelic entities, who were the captains of 10. So you have uh, 200, okay. This is describing a military formation. Some people want to argue about this is not a military formation. It's describing it. What are captains of ten mean here? You know, just, just put the dots together here. The mother of harlots is in this cast of characters of this list of 20 here. But who? So let's look at their names and name meanings for clues. First is the head adversary named Simazia. It means my name as seen. Ezekiel 28 mentions that he walked before and knows God. And he taught enchantments and cutting of roots. What is enchantments? Enchantment, enchantments are the means to use the, the secrets that he knows about God against each other. Against, in other words, to pit God's character traits against each other to try to overthrow God. In the Bible, he's called Satan, Lucifer, whose sole desire is to exalt his throne above God's. He wants all to see his name character as the new God, a God of this world. The other 19 names on the list are the devil's top principality commanders. Each name has a meaning. So let's look at the second name on the list and see if we can uncover just who the mother of harlots is from this list. And I probably am not going to say any of these names right, so I'm just going to try my best. Arakiaba. It means the earth is a stronghold and the earth is power. It's sign of the earth here. So this entity is called earth is stronghold. So you have the devil, the adversary, who's going to make an earth a stronghold. And it was this entity's job. Then you have Ramil. It means burning ashes, a volcanic activity, cosmic upheavals. In other words, for the god of this world. He was the burning ashes of the cosmic upheavals 
for the God of this world. That's what his job was, to create chaos, so to speak, here. Just keep tracking with me. And you have Kokobiel, means the star of God, to make the God of this world star shine. That's what, it's, that's what it's telling me. To make the God of this world, his star, to shine. In other words, he's going to shine the spotlight on the devil here. And he taught constellations to do the same thing, to draw humanity away from looking at God, but to seek signs from the stars. Then you have Tamil. It means the perfection of God, and I'm going to apply the second part of it. it means the perfection of God of this world. In other words, this dude's job description is to replace God's perfection into the God of this world's perfection. Then you have Ramael, means thunder of God of this world. In other words, this is, he's going to thunder out the glory of the devil in this. Okay, then you have Daniel, not Daniel, but Daniel, which means the judgment of God of this world. In other words, this entity is going to issue forth the judgment of the God of this world upon humanity that don't obey. I think we're kind of seeing some of that today, don't you think? Then you have Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel means lightning of God of this world who taught astrology to replace God. In other words, he was the lightning of God. Get people to light up their world, okay, to follow something other than God. Then you have ten. Azel, I bet you all heard of Azel, right? Azel means uh, God has created and made. That's an interesting name, but uh, it actually means the God of this world has created and made. Because he's in league with the devil, so let's apply the meaning. The God of this world has created and made what? Him to teach men to make swords, knives, shields, breastplates, and to make known to them the metals of the earth, the art of working them in bracelets and ornaments, and the use of antimony, and the beautifying of the eyelids, and all kinds of costly stones, and all the coloring tinctures. The next one on the list is number 11. Is Arimos, or other translations have Hermanii, Hermanii, which means the one of Hermon. In other words, this is the oath taker, the enforcer, who taught the resolving of enchantments. This is possibly, I'm not saying it is, possibly Nebo, a.k.a. Hermes, the black writer who we just saw a little while ago in, um, as we started the Book of Revelation series. Next, number 12, you have Batarel, means the reign of God of this world, who waters the world with occult illumination. And the number 13 is Anael, Anael which, which means the cloud of God of this world, who hides the God of this world from view. Okay, just think of it. Then you have Zachiel, the winter of God of this world, who, in other words, is somebody who makes things grow cold like hearts. Jesus mentioned about hearts growing cold in the last day. Start thinking, folks. Start thinking outside the box here. Number 15 is Samsapil. It means the son of God of this world. It means the signs of the sun. This is possibly the sun deity called Shamesh later in Mesopotamian lore. And number 16 is Sat, Satarel. Satarel means the moon god. Okay, the moon god of this world. We taught the course of the moon in order to control. It's all about control and seduction there. And then number 17 is Turel. means the mountain of god of this world who teaches the high things of power. In other words, what is a mountain? One of the symbols of a mountain, I bet you didn't realize it, is where a divine council meets. Okay, you got to think of where a heavenly council or divine council or a king's council meet, and they decide things and they, they make their plans. So you have Torel, meaning the mountain of God of this world. He's probably the one um, who is head of that department, head of the, the, the devil's divine council, so to speak, who teaches the high things of power. It's all about power. And you have Jamiel, the day of God of this world. In other words, the one who's going to light and make Lucifer's lights shine. Okay, I'm just telling you. I'm just paraphrasing this. I don't have time to go through all the details. Then you have number 19 is Sariel, the moon and light of God of this world. And, and I basically, it's the occult light being spoke here. I don't have time to get into all the details here. Then you have number 20, which is Yehadiel. It means God will guide. So I'm going to apply the meaning here because he's in league with Satan. The God of this world will guide. So he's going to be the one in charge of that department. So just get the idea of what these captains of 20s uh, who are over the captains of 10s are right here. Well, folks, with that, these are the top 20 commanders who are over the other 180 leading fallen watchers that are not named, that are hell-bent to help the devil overthrow God and build back a new world from the parts of the old.
And amidst this one foe is whom Revelation chapter 17 verse 5 says and reveals as a mother of harlots. Why is it important to know all this and who this is? So let me answer that. We need to know how to recognize how close to the end we are and how to know when to look up for a redemption draweth nigh. We need to prepare ourselves and know how to overcome and what to do if this is coming about. If we see this, the, whoever, this mother of harlots is a dead giveaway of how close we are. And in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, the messages to all seven churches is to overcome. And this is what we have to overcome. The pressure being put on believers before the Lord returns back in one of his days either in the rapture or in the second coming okay keep tracking with me here so from amongst the list of the 20 leading suspects here who is the mother of harlots let me give you the answer and explain my answer okay it's Azel, whom the god of this world the devil has made the scapegoat to take the hit so the devil continues the task to overthrow god and reshape creation so all will see him as god Azel, who taught men and and rulers to make swords, knives, and shields, and breastplates. Folks, these are articles of warfare and destruction and murder to fornicate with the art of all kinds of war, uh, warfare and get you addicted to it, to create an industry to make war. Azel, who made known to people the metals of the earth and the art of working them in bracelets and ornaments, and to fornicate and pervert the commerce and trading system that financed the art of war and murder and intrigue and everything else. Azel, who taught the use of antimony. What is antimony? Antimony is the 51st element needed for industry. They use antimony a lot. A, they use it to blend metals together and to make new metals. This indicates and represents new industries to forge future technologies in order to gain vast amounts of wealth and advantages for empires to gain world domination control. It's all sold as a means to improve life. You need a good axe, so why don't you use it as a weapon of war? So you see, that's the idea here. Azel, who taught the beautifying of eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and coloring tinctures. The idea here is redefining sexuality and beauty and family. Have men dress like women and women turn into men. I'm reading, um, I'm quoting from some commentaries. I think it's David Gusick brings this out or a Utley's commentary or some others bring that point out. It's, it's the idea is to market these to the masses to weaken and reshape humanity into another image. That's the idea here. Also, all kinds of costly stones, meaning giving great value to this type of stuff, and this type of behavior, this gender fluidity, this androgynous look here. Azel, who taught all unrighteousness to mankind, who revealed the eternal secrets which are preserved in heaven, which men are striving to learn in order, order to manipulate God and lord it over him. Use the secrets of God as formulas and methods. If you do this and say this word, God will act like a genie for you. That's the idea here. That's what Azel was teaching. All unrighteousness to humanity and reveal the eternal secrets. Azel, who for corrupting humanity was assigned all sin. He was a scapegoat. The book of Leviticus, I think it's chapter 16, talks about the scapegoat being Azel. Okay? Assigned all sin and for this cast into duodel. Or, uh, or Dumadel, Dumadel, the dry, it means a dry, desolate wilderness of the underworld, and who was covered over with rough and jagged rocks and darkness, there to abide, waiting judgment. Don't forget that the great harlot is being judged in the wilderness here, folks. Just, just keep that in the back pocket here, okay? Azel made chaos on earth and has others to continue making chaos on earth as well in order to bring about a new order. This is the one whom the devil hides behind as a scapegoat to take his rap for his part in the rebellion to remake and reshape the world. Azel seems also related to the ancient Mesopotamian goddess known as Ninhorsag, Ninhorsag, a birthing mother of gods. Azel also fits the roles of Urshkigal and Hectate. In fact, these all may be just finger puppets of one being known as Azel, who according to First Enoch chapter 10 is now resides trapped inside the abyss. Since trapped in the abyss, Azel works through to other helpers known as the harlots to continue teaching all unrighteousness, revealing the eternal secrets which were preserved in heaven to humanity so they can take advantage of God's good character and nature.
What's confusing about Azel is that Azel, he's mentioned as number 10 in the list that I just read in Enoch chapter 6. And there is another Azel mentioned in Enoch chapter 69 known as Azel number 21. According to the research I have done, Azel number 10 is not Satan, but Azel 21 is. This is why there is confusion on who he is. Everybody just lumps Azel in one thing. But if you look at the two here, Azel on the list number 10, who I'm talking about now, and Azel number 21 appear to be two different beings. Okay, And this is very common to cause confusion because devil is known for, and his minions are known as liars and deceivers anyway. So Azel number 10 is possibly the devil's top commander on earth who now resides inside the earth till the day of judgment as Enoch chapter 10 reveals. In the book of Job, Satan is not in the abyss but walking around the earth. Peter mentions the same about the devil walking about like a roaring lion. Yet, Azel number 10 is in the abyss till an appointed time of judgment. Just think about that. So let me break this down for you and make it really simple and make it really quick. In Enoch chapter 6, Azel is listed as number 10 on the list of 20 captains of 10. Later, Azel is mentioned in Enoch chapter 69 and known as Azel 21 on the same list. How can there be 21 commanders from a list of only 20? The answer is actually very simple. There are two different entities, one whose former name has been changed to Azel. In the book of Jubilees, chapter 10, verses 6 through 12, mentions Mastema, who is identified as Satan. There the story tells us how he managed to get himself plus 10% of the 200 leading watchers out of the deepest hell in order to help him continue his work on earth due to man's ongoing unrighteousness. Therefore, Azel 21 appears to be Simeaza, number one on the list, who is undergoing a name change and will not be sent to the abyss till after the tribulation as Revelation chapter 20 mentions. However, Azel number 10 is now in the abyss, just as the book of Enoch talks about. So you have two different Azels being mentioned here. Azel number 21 in chapter 69 of 1st Enoch appears to be Satan going through a name change for very prophetic reasons. I say this because when you apply the meaning of the name Semyaza, Azel, and Mastima together, it spells out a title and it fits the devil's character traits to a T. For example, Semyaza means my name has seen God. Azel means God has created or made strong, and Mastima means prince of strife, enmity, and antagonism. So you have, my name has seen, God has made me, strong prince of strife, enmity, and antagonism. Sounds like the devil, right? And secondly, by adding the title Azel to the devil, prophetically this implies that there will come a time when the devil has no helpers, no scapegoat to get out of anything. So what was said to Azel number 10 in 1 Enoch chapter 10 9, and I quote this, Though the works that were taught by Azel to him ascribe all sin, will now apply to Satan alone because he has no helpers, earning his place in the lake of fire justly, just as Revelations chapter 20 verses 7 through 10 clearly teaches. And I quote out of the New King James, Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in, on the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them together to battle whose numbers are the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth to surround the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them, they were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So you have the devil's character described in the meaning of the names Semyaza, Azel, and Mastima. My name has seen God. God has made me a strong prince of strife, enmity, and antagonism fulfilled. And that describes the character of the chief of adversaries, Satan himself, whose name has seen God, whose God has created made strong, who is a prince of strife, enmity, and antagonism. Right? 
One central theme from the ancient pagan religions all revolve around bringing back from the abyss a demigod to rule the world, a sun deity who was brought to power by the mother of harlots, Azel, number 10, and two other helper harlot principalities who carry on Azel's task of corrupting and seducing. Why? Because Azel, number 10, operates from the abyss. You need two other principalities that were not assigned to the abyss, but were allowed to to remain with the devil to carry out the work of Azel that's in the abyss. So, so you have mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. What we see take shape here is from the abyss, the mother of harlots works through two harlots to build and establish the Babylonian system that prepares the way for the Antichrist to ascend out of the abyss. In Revelation chapter 17 is seen riding the beast to power, helping the beast come to power. In other words, the bottom line is this. This is the triple goddess of the ancient world and also the modern occult world. This is the triple goddess worship is involved here. In that system, you have the old crone, the mother, and the young maiden, all related to the moon symbol. It's interesting. The old crone is Azel, a.k.a. Ninhorsag, possibly Urshkigal and Hectate. Why? Their tasks are all related to Azel. They're related to the abyss. They're related to jaggy crags and mountaintops. I won't get into all the details there. The old crone is called the wise dark mother. She is seen with a white owl to impart secret wisdom to the initiated or to initiate people into uh, this type of thinking. Like Azel taught the internal secrets which are preserved in heaven, so will the old crone with that white owl. The old crone embodies witchcraft, wisdom, recognition, and gaining approval and popularity, and also to prepare endings that prepare for new beginnings, and teaches that without death there is no birth, and thus it's also the old crone is related to sleep and all manner of darkness. The old crone is part of the moon god triad, who uses the waxing moon symbol. Also, the old crone controls the gates of death and resurrection. This is very important in the ascension out of the abyss of the Antichrist figure in the book of Revelation. The old crone corresponds to Ninhorsag. Ninhorsag means Lady of the Mountains, or Jagged Mountains, and Azel number 10 was cast into the jagged rocks below a mountain in the wilderness of the abyss. Revelation chapter 17 verse 3 mentions that the mother harlot is seen in the wilderness to be judged, and the correlations here are too hard to just pass off as mere coincidence. Ninhorsag seems to be related also to Gaia, or the primordial mother earth who governed the universe before the coming of the Titans. In Mesopotamian lore, this is Kishar, the first child of Abuz and Timiat, called the goddess of the whole earth Gaia. She appears in the creation myth Emma Elish, but suddenly just seems to vanish and became associated with the goddess Antu, Hera, Anat, Dione, possibly also Ninlil and Ningal, and depending on how their storylines of giving birth to the gods, Anunnaki, Nephilim, or the Titans. This brings us to the next triple goddess known as the Mother Figure, who appears as a harlot in some of the storylines, too, who symbolizes childbirth, fertility, sexuality, counseling, who is sought after to counsel concerning major life decisions to achieve fulfillment, stability, and power. Her symbol is the full moon and is the most revered in modern occult circles to this day. This is most likely Nama as well as Timiat, who is called the Great Mother of Babylon, the Fierce Dragoness in modern occultic and Thelma traditions, because both are related to the Salt Sea and both are identified as being mothers of dragons and gods and so forth. Both make chaos, just like the old crone does, when angered. There is more, but time does not permit to go in a whole a lot of details right now. Maybe later, we'll save that for later. The next is the most widely known and mentioned in the Bible, uh, known as Azara, Queen of Heaven, and related to the weeping of Tammuz. Okay? This is the young warrior maiden. The young warrior maiden symbolizes the use of enchantment, seduction, passion, who's independent and warlike, has with fierceness and conquering, expanding of territories, and birth new beginnings, who's known as the Huntress Artemis, Ayana, Diana, Ishtar, Aphrodite, Venus, and possibly is the Hindu god known as Kali as well. The young maiden is always a youthful divine feminine who seeks to slay all who transgress the grandmother's old crone will. 
and will wage fierce war against all who oppose and works incessantly to seduce people into the grandmother's scheme, the old crone. Again, note that they want to slay all who oppose. And look at Revelation 17, verse 6, how that thought ties into that verse. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marvel in great amazement. All are involved in some sort of rising a dead or entrapped demigod back to life or some theme of some former lover like Adonis, Dionysius, Tammuz, or Dumuzid. Dumuzid. So it looked like we have identified the mother of harlots as the old crow and the other harlots here, plural, one being the mother and the young warrior maiden who are all making the abominations found the testable things and practices and adultery, etc., so forth, of the earth. In other words, create real chaos. Carry out the old crone's will, you know, it's chaos. So the question is, why is all this important? Let me answer that. These three are the ones behind a sinister scheme. Once you know what it is, you can recognize it when it is ready to take over the entire world. Now you're in the Antichrist without any doubt or any speculation. Along with that, we can prepare and overcome its influence that's set against us. And then when we are raptured out of here, uh, we leave behind enough teaching behind so the people know what they're dealing with here, because it'll be very plain here. Enoch's description of Azel reveals what we will see happen as we approach the time of the end before the Antichrist is revealed. For example, Azel promoted the use of weapons of war, of mirrors and things to beautify humanity and metalworking and implemented new economic systems based on these things, marketed all by unrighteousness, godlessness, and fornication and sin, leading all humanity to astray, just to sum up things real quick here. What is often missed is this. Azel number 10 was teaching humanity to break away from one's past, in other words, who we are and where we came from. In fact, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 defines what that is. We were created in the image of God. Why? To reflect God's image and character on earth as his representatives, governing by reflecting his godliness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, goodness, and righteousness, and truth, and to populate the earth and exercise dominion by these same traits wherever we go. Train up our progeny, so forth, to live like that and under the image of God and reflecting that. In other words, Azel's making weapons for warfare, metalworking and things that beautify, and new economic systems and lifestyles that support all unrighteousness and godlessness and fortification of sin actually erase our connection with God that our past is linked to. That is what's missed in a lot of cases here. In fact, do you see this happening today, worldwide? This is seen in Genesis chapter 6 also with the creation of the Nephilim. And as Genesis 6, 5 says from the New King James, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Likewise, the triple goddess system seeks to alter the human image in the last days, just as Jesus alludes to, when he spoke about as it was in the days of Noah. Folks, this is a big end time indicator of how close we are and how we need to prepare to overcome. Okay. In fact, the two harlots carry on Azel, the harlot mother of Babylon's assignment on earth to do this, to separate us from the our godly image here. Therefore, in the last days, we'll see this build up to erase the human image again and our past connections with each other, just like it was in the days of Noah. In fact, folks, when I grew up, this was the norm. There were strong family bonds. We heard stories from our parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, great-grandparents, great-aunts, great-uncles, stories about, you know, about life, of how they lived in the past, as well as the things they overcame. They kind of passed, passed things on to us and left an impression, okay? So we knew where we came from and who we were. We had an identity. That was very common when I was growing up. However, there has been a slow push to destroy the family. And this passing on life lessons that you learn from your elders uh, to the very young has basically been destroyed. Now we have divorce, craziness, and broken families are the norms. 
This results in youth with wounded hearts who, who will avoid learning from their elders any life lessons because they've been wounded. So what happens? What's the result of this? So you have a young narcissistic world develops, just as Paul describes in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, when he, where he talks about lovers of money, lovers of self, blasphemers, proud, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. You have a very narcissistic world in the outside, which always has been kind of like that, but it'll get worse, but inside the church as well, because that break with the past and respecting of elders has been broken. Folks, this comes about by altering what is beautiful and what defines cool is. Marketed as a way to be, you know, where all manner of get-rich-quick schemes and, and scheming and conniving to get ahead and climb the ladder of excess are, and, and stepping on people, it's all justified. Uh, the ends justify the means mentality develops. All manner of new norms that teach unrighteousness, godliness, and fortification is taught as new norms. New, uh, new norms, it's okay to do. Sin is okay. In fact, all this stuff does is remove one's connections as a human being with one's human history, with one's conscience, with all family ties and any connection with the only true god is severed as well who created all creation in other words you see through the beauty thing of of gender flipping and stuff to alter the human image you want to see ai intelligence and um, insert it into the human brain you have plans for that you want to see transhumanism anything worldwide on a worldwide scale to alter humanity folks so with that, one of the things to look for in the last days is, a, is an erasing of history by means of what we call, modern terms, cancel culture, and also to cancel God's culture. That's where we're at right now in the worldwide scale. We're looking at a redefinition of what the family is and what family values are. We are seeing a rise of gender fluidity, a redefining of beauty, righteousness, truth, a revived economic system all used to erase who we are as human beings in order to shape us into another image and likeness. Mask on, mask off. Do you get the picture there? We also see a remaking of the and shaping of the world where we become more easily controlled and trained to obey and conform or else. All this is done by all manner of warfare, psychological warfare, economic warfare, and trickery based on the Reichstag principle. What's the Reichstag principle? You create a crisis in order to implement martial law in order to take over and silence your opponents. That's the Reichstag principle. Have you happened to see that lately anywhere in the world happen today? Just saying. Under Azel and his two hardest tasks is to create the chaos in the world as the means to achieve a new world made from the parts of the old. The World Economic Forum is big on using a pandemic to reset the entire world by means of collapsing the world's economic system so they can build it back better that pays no attention to the pain suffering. Thus, under the old crone Azel, the two harlots counsel, guide, and educate throughout all human history the need to replace God with what is known as a Babylonian system, which I call Babylonian tyranny. The picture that emerges is this. Babylon the Great is a system headed by the mother of harlots and her two helpers here to instruct humanity on abominations that are used to replace godly influence in the lives of people. So they reject God completely and view him as the enemy by justifying and legalizing all foul detestable practices and idolatry on earth. The three harlots, the triple goddesses, build up an economic system of corporate monopolies that influence governments to comply with their visions for a more Aphrodite beautiful perfect world run by the elite merchants and great men of the earth just as revelations 18 verse 19 point out and reveals here who wake up too late that the world that they made and they got rich off of is finally destroyed so the very things that made them great and powerful and rich are destroyed and they have an oh i see i i screwed up moment why is that a devil in his hierarchy come to deceive rob and kill and destroy is that correct Jesus said that, not me, out of John chapter 10. And the triple goddess does that on those who are taught to rely on them, just like the book of Revelation, as we'll see in chapter 18, coming up in the next few weeks here, reveals plainly. 
that's Babylon. That's Babylonian tyranny. That's the system. So in the last days, we'll see a drive by corporate giants on a worldwide scale to bring forth a one-world government that sets the stage for a one-world leader to seductively rubber-stamp their vision for a better world with no disease, no offensive, no nothing. It's going to be perfect. In order to do it, we're going to burn everything down, build it back better. Are you seeing that happening today on a worldwide scale from world leaders all gathering in some place, listening to some bald-headed guy talking about this stuff? Do you see this happening by chance? The harlot system rides the beast to power. This is brought out in Revelation 17, verse 8. Verse 8. The beast that you saw was, and is not, and, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was, is not, and yet is. That's reading out the New King James. This tells me... The harlot rides his back to power by setting up new religious systems, new economic systems, new legal systems, new government systems in order to replace God's order and design. Okay, to erase God, cancel God, cancel culture, cancel the culture of, of God Almighty. The task of the triple goddess harlot system lays the foundation to birth the beast to power, to raise him up out of the abyss. As Revelations 11 verse 7 says, and chapters 9 and 13 mention, okay, just as the ancient pagan mythology here of older old gods indicate about raising somebody out of the abyss here. They don't, don't, don't get caught up in those ancient pagan god storylines. The storylines teach humanity how to act incestuously and with violence, murder, deceit, all kinds of stuff. They're teaching that to humanity. That's what the harlot system does. So let me close with a quick look at Babylon the Great, its system here, and how it came about in its history, its past history. So with that, I'm going to give you a few facts about Babylon and the Babylonian system of tyranny that I've been talking about. Babylon was home of the first global world dictator who was called Nimrod, and all based upon rebellion against God that involved reshaping God's order and design. Babylon controlled the known world and became the world's first uh, capital okay world capital ruling all other cities nebuchadnezzar actually fancied himself as a new nimrod and he sought to turn all people into good babylonians he erased other cultures identities and demanded complete transformation into the babylonian groupthink he tried that with daniel and his three friends in the commentaries it's all about that they stood up to it and fought against it any outside point of view in the babylonian system that did not tote the narrative party line was not allowed. There could be no debate. Only the party narrative of being a good Babylonian was accepted. That's what Nimrod did, and that's who Nebuchadnezzar idolized, folks. Science and religion were used to support the narrative that Babylonian culture and ideas in ways were far superior and supreme above all others. It was a shut up and obey was the rule of the Babylonian utopian globalism that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a golden-headed dream about world dominion would be based upon. Babylon was a major trade center and led the way of marketing its new ideas and products. That is how it maintained its wealth to keep the vision of world domination alive by setting up an elite merchant class to create what we call today merchant monopolies, okay, these guilds, so to speak, to help Nebuchadnezzar financed the takeover of other cultures and nations, take their wealth from them, sounds familiar, so they controlled it all. Babylon codified pagan religious system and spread it to all the conquered lands and erased others, okay? Likewise, this kept the idea of order out of chaos alive in the cult world. In other words, the idea of the Babylonian tyrannical system was you have to lay waste, burn down things if they don't comply, you tear it down, you can't seduce them, and you build it back better. That was the Babylonian idea. Use chaos to bring order into the world, okay? Babylon was the cultural center of its empire in its day. Its intent was to turn all lands, nations, and people into Babylonians. They're all united into, into one language, one group think. Its modern counterpart today is called globalism. In the last days, this same system will be seen again emerging. The idea is to, is to baptize all into a one-world group think. No free expression allowed. 
media, news, entertainment are all educated and controlling and to, to be good Babylonians. Major trade networks are birthed and monopolies are formed, all Babylonized to build back a perfect world, like how the great walls of Babylon showed off its great build back better schemes. That's what's happening here. Babylon used a rigid ideological indoctrination system in educating of young people and used its one world religion to reshape humanity itself to be good Babylonian globalists. They use art, entertainment, literature, and media propaganda to Babylonize all, where each knows his or her place in society. This will be seen in the last days, coming into fruition. Babylon was ruled by a dictator and the ruling class. Therefore, it's a system of seduction for a need for one world government headed by one world leader who matches the rising God's storyline in the pagan religions. Nimrod was the first world dictator of Babylon. He is seen in Genesis chapter 11. Not much is, do we know about him, other than you have to go to the historian Josephus to find out more about Nimrod. So by looking at what Josephus wrote about Nimrod, we can identify some of the same trait of the Antichrist and the Babylonian system that the harlot system is working in place. And we can see how close we are to the last days. So let's look at Josephus, book 1, chapter 4. Now, the plain which they first dwelt was called Shinar, and God also commanded them and send colonies abroad for the thorough peopling of the earth, that they might not raise seditions amongst themselves, but might cultivate great part of the earth and enjoy its fruit after a plentiful manner. The whole idea of God is enjoy your life. You know, that's the idea here. And he also doesn't want people all gathered together where they become seditious and start fighting each other where divisions and strife can easily come, because he, he knew that these fallen watchers were teaching them seditions, how to fight each other. And that's in the Babylonian history there. Eridu fought Ur, and this city-state fought this city-state. Nimrod came on the scene, brought it all together, created this monopolized business class, elitist system here, science, arts, entertainment, so forth, brought, brought it under his and, and made it a Babylonian system out of it. Let's continue. Josephus writes and it says this, but they were so ill-instructed they did not obey God. That's what happened. What we'll see in the last days, people will be ill-instructed about God's word and to misuse his promises and provision to enrich, enrich themselves in the last days. And you see a lot of division and seditions even within the church. You'll see a great apostasy. That's what the Bible talks about. So let's continue. Josephus writes and says, God admonished them again to send out colonies, but they imagining prosperity they enjoyed was not derived from the favor of God, but supposing that their own power was the proper cause of plentiful conditions they were in, they did not obey him. Nay, they added to this their disobedience to the divine will, the suspicion that they were therefore ordered and sent out to separate colonies, that being divided asunder, they might be more easily oppressed. So that basically this is the formation of city-states here being talked about here. Instead of doing what God said and have plenty, they decided to stick together uh, so, we, so we're not easily oppressed. We don't want to be oppressed by God or anything. We, it's for protection. It's always for the common good. That's the idea here. So let me comment. That's the global idea. Unity to stop oppression by creating more oppression if you don't obey. So you have to create people and all together to stop oppression. Stop oppression. Stop racism. Stop this. Okay. How you do that? By oppressing other people. And being seditious. Think about it. Look at Josephus says in paragraph 2, chapter 4 there. Now it was Nimrod who excited them to such an affront and contempt of God. He was the grandson of Ham, the son of Noah, a bold man, and of great strength of hand. He persuaded them not to ascribe it to God, as if it was through his means they were happy, but to believe that it was their own courage which procured their happiness. In other words, the Babylonian system will teach atheism. You know, you don't need God. You need a new world religion. Everybody's one. We need unity. We need blah, 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 blah. You know, very seductive words here. So that's what it is. I'm going to continue to comment. The time before the Antichrist comes on the world stage, we're going to see prosperity and great wealth and greed and the rejection of God's order and ways and design brought on by the harlot system in order to destroy it and bring people into the obedience of Nimrod, okay? The new Nimrod, the Antichrist. And they're going to produce a system that de demeans and disavows the Bible as not relevant anymore. 
They have great pride to build back their own better world. They don't need God. Where they have this who needs God of the Bible attitude. With that, let's continue reading Josephus Book 1, Chapter 4. Continues, Nimrod also gradually changed the government into tyranny, seeing no other way of turning men from the fear of God but to bring them into constant dependence of his power. So what we'll see is a worldwide governmental push, a slow, gradual push to change government into tyranny, seeing no other way of turning men from the fear and respect of God but turn them into constant dependence upon government power. That's the... To, that's the harlot system. That's the idea of the triple goddess system here is to get people to, into that point, to build that government up through a slow process so the Antichrist can step right in. We're going to see a, a push for totalitarian control of all governments of the world like we're witnessing today through pushing of narratives over truth. This ties into the harlot system of corporate monopolies who make new laws. Let's go back to Josephus here. Note Nimrod also said he would be revenged on God if he should have a mind to drown the world again, for that he would build a tower too high for the waters to be able to reach, and that he would avenge himself on God for destroying their forefathers. Let me comment here. We are going to see the literal beast doing this, and before he does, the harlot system will mock God. We see it with this mocking of the rainbow. How dare God destroy the world in the flood? How He's not going to destroy us. So they're going to build a tower. They're going to build it back better, baby. How dare God be so mean to destroy the world? We're a good people. We want to build a utopia. We can build it. We don't need God, they say. They have another plan to make a new world order out of chaos so that God must come back and that then they can get him and chop up his creation and build it back better and the devil's image and likeness of killing, robbing, and destruction. So with that, let's continue reading Josephus. Paragraph 3 here. Now the multitude were very ready to follow the determination of Nimrod and to esteem it a piece of cowardness to submit to God. So they built a tower neither sparing any pains nor being any degree negligent about the work and by reason of the multitude of hands employed in it it grew very high sooner than anyone could expect but the thickness of it was so great and it was so strongly built that thereby its great height seemed upon the view to be less than what it really was now, let me comment now on this the harlot system is building up and getting everybody ramped up so you're going to see a massive almost insane push to build a, a new tower of Babel, not a physical tower, but a new world order where they view its cowardness to worship God. Anyone who worshiped the God of the Bible is an enemy now. They're going to go launch full gung-ho into this. All the world's leaders who are controlled by world economic monopolies with vast resources of wealth, who are involved in the occult world, are going to be doing this and pushing this like you would not believe. And this is all about unity. Do you see that? They did not spare any pains. They, they were not negligent about their work. And they employed multiples of uh, hands in it. And it grew very high sooner than anyone could expect. I mean, this is coming like a freight train when you see it come. It's going to be like a freight train coming right at you. And the harlot system lays the foundation that both Nimrod and the future antichrists are going to work from. They will be forming a centralized government system of an elite class of narcissists who will seek to educate the masses in a one-world Babylonian-type mindset that speaks dragon-speak to kill, rob, and destroy in the end. They do so by fostering crafty slogans to train the mind to think Babylonian utopic thoughts that cures human sin problem by legalizing it. That's pretty easy. And altering the human genome to get rid of the sin in nature here. And guess what Jesus did say as it was in the days of Noah? We're going to see a rise in a Babylonian mindset that Nebuchadnezzar had. It was by his own strength and will and courage that Babylon became such greatness so all can prosper and thus have them no need for God, for man is the master of his world. We'll see the world's elites building a new weapon in order to tackle God. And that weapon is called unity of will, heart, and mind. Why do I say that? Well, they want to avert any possible pushback from God or anybody who disagrees with them. And this is seen in Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. The Lord said, Indeed, the people who are one and they will, and they all have one language, and this is what they began to do. Now nothing 
that they purpose to do will be withheld from them out in the New King James I'm reading. So the idea, this weapon they're going to use is unity. Think about it. Back then they built a tower to bring all into unity to draw God to earth. But in the end times, this involves a groupthink narrative on unity called globalism against the Against this mindset, Jesus says in Revelation 16, verse 15, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see a shame. That time is unknown to them until it is written in Revelation 19, verse 11 and 14. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called the faithful and true, and, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called the word of God, and the armies of heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed on white horses. Verse 15 and 16. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule with a rod of iron, and he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God Almighty. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Folks, these people are going to fail. Revelation 19.19 19. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies, gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Now the beast was captured, with him the false prophet who worked signs and wonders in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped the image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Verse 21, And the rest were killed with a sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat upon the horse. Amen and praise God. Listen, folks. Mystery. Babylon. Mystery. You're going to see things near the end times here that are going to come to God's going to reveal by the power of the Holy Spirit. It may not even be what you expect, not even what I expect. It's a mystery. And, you, and the revelation will come from the, from the Babylonian system, the Babylon, the great system, from a city <laughs> who governs all other cities. So the Babylon, the great harlot, rules from a city. I'll get into that next time. You have Babylon the Great as a demonic system that governs, guides, educates, and manipulates the world toward long-term satanic goal of chopping up God's order and design and people to build back from the parts of the old. Very similar to what the creation myths of the pagan gods and the Baal cycle is all about, folks. Okay? It is also a real city that the harlot rules from all over all other cities, too. Okay? So the mother of harlots refers to Satan's top ruling principality and two other top principalities to help bring it all together because the harlot rides on the back of the beast. The abominations of the earth are all foul detestable things and practices and adultery into the world. Why? To draw God into a final battle on earth. Recall that the mystery in Greek is mysterion. In its context, it refers to a mystery made known only by divine revelation from the Holy Spirit in a manner and time appointed by God. So near the time of the end, it will be unveiled. So the question is, are we there yet? It appears we're heading there at breakneck speed toward globalism. Barring any miracle from God or delay from God, we're racing gung-ho toward this. With that, Stay tuned next time as we continue exploring the meaning from Revelation chapter 17 and 18 as there is more on this Babylon the Great that I haven't even gotten into yet. Like I want to finish the chapter 17, but I also save the best for last. Because I'm going to explore that these numbers that are mentioned in here do have numeric meanings that are seen in chapter 17 and adds a commentary to the text that will blow your mind away. With that, folks, let me just roll out my contact information. If you want to contact me, go to uh, bwmelvin1 at gmail.com. Go, go to my website, which I'm desperately trying to get back on after they got hit with a bunch of uh, uh, things taken off of it by censorship. You can contact me that way. If you'd like to support me, I have a PayPal account on there. Please understand I'm trying. I'm only one person. i got to repair the damage that was done to my website by a lot of interviews and radio shows I did that was on YouTube from different sources got axed. These p other people got axed. So a lot of my content on my website got 
delete it as well. I'm restoring that. And next, you can contact me through uh, my email address, number one at gmail.com. And if you like to do a PayPal thing, you can use that address or an old AOL account that I have. It's called Brian Melvin number one at AOL.com. So with that, that is my contact information. So just be sure to look on the screen and you guys be blessed in Jesus' name. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.